Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today I want to talk to you about the subject, Finding Comfort Through Conflict. Friends, thanks so much for joining in on another episode today. I want to talk to you about the subject, Finding Comfort Through Conflict. And our scripture today is from Psalms 23, verses 4 through 6. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Throughout our lives, and arguably more so in certain seasons than others, We find ourselves in the midst of great conflict. And unfortunately, this conflict seems to find itself manifesting through interactions with people in our lives. This could come through a friend, a family member, a co-worker, a spouse, child, parent, you name it. And we all know and can relate to the fact that these personal issues with other people can hurt deeply. It's during this conflict that We find ourselves possibly being misunderstood or misrepresented or feel like we're not being heard or not being respected. And above all, as the body of Christ, the best thing we can do in these situations is to not respond to conflict emotionally. There's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling emotions. To not be emotional would require us to not be human. However, there is a problem if we respond to this conflict with our emotions or respond emotionally. If you're upset, then you know that you may be more likely to say something that you later regret. That's what I mean by saying that. And once those words are spoken, there's no taking them back. Have you ever said something and immediately thought, man, I probably shouldn't have said it that way, or maybe I shouldn't have said it at all? I know I've done that countless times, and in fact, when I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking back about all the stupid stuff that I've said in my life. Some of those things were said when I was much younger and immature, and I'm sure we can all relate to that, but I'd be lying if I said I never said anything I regretted as an adult either. My Lord, I probably said stuff that I've regretted just within this past week. That's why the book of James talks so much about the power of the tongue. James 3 says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. And so blessing and cursing comes pouring out of the mouth the same. That's not right. The tongue is a powerful agent in our lives. Another scripture, Proverbs 18.21, says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words we speak matter. The words we use matter. And the attitude and the spirit behind which we say things matters. And so the best way we can respond to this personal conflict is to simply pray for the Holy Spirit to help us to not make matters worse and instead pray for that person, and pray for the Holy Spirit to humble us as well, and to make us see things from His perspective. 
So many times we get into arguments with someone and think how wrong that person is and think how in the world can they dare be upset with me? But then as time passes on and as tempers cool, we start to see things in a different perspective. And in retrospect, we may realize maybe we were the ones in the wrong. Has that ever happened to you? I know it's happened to me before. Think about our your marriage for a moment. Think about that marriage relationship. Have you ever been in a fight with your spouse and you realize later on when tempers cool off that they were the one that was right all along? And that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes because then we feel convicted and we have to go to our spouse with our tail between our legs and apologize. And man, that's hard to do, isn't it? But there are times too, looking at it from both angles, where you actually may be the one in the right and the other party may be the one in the wrong. Interpersonal conflict is so often the hardest to overcome in our minds. But one thing we must remind ourselves of is that God is still on the throne. He sees it all. If you're in the wrong, then I believe through your humble prayers, the Holy Spirit will bring that up in front of you, and then you will have to make it right and apologize. But if you're being personally attacked, belittled, misunderstood, misrepresented, you name it, all those adjectives, and you genuinely feel like you've done nothing wrong, and in truth you haven't done anything wrong, then we got to rely on the Lord for help for that as well. Because Exodus 14, 14 says that the Lord will fight for you, so hold your peace. The fight doesn't belong to us, it belongs to the Lord. And the hardest thing to do in these circumstances is just to lean back and rest in the Father's hands because we too often want to get involved in this situation. We want to try to fix that situation ourselves. We can't help it because we're human. And it's just what we do best, which is try to save ourselves. That's the problem with mankind. But more often than not, trying to fix that situation on your own could cause the situation to get worse. We've got to pray for guidance. We've got to rely on the Lord. We've got to pray for direction. Pray for the Lord to intervene. And I believe when we take that step back and just simply throw our hands up in the air and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Lord, you know the you you are a righteous judge you know from right to wrong you know who's who's right and who's wrong in this conflict lord if i'm wrong show me if i'm wrong show me so i can reach out to that person and apologize and meet them halfway but if i'm right lord i pray for that person god i pray for the situation to heal itself, Lord, and and I can't do this on my own. If I'm going to try to do it, I'm just going to mess it up, Lord, so I give it to you. I place it in your hands, and I believe that all things will work together for my good, and you know, if God's for me, who can be against me? Those are the type of prayers we've got to be praying, that, that empathetic and that humility prayer to the Lord that simply says, God, if I'm wrong, show me, and let me try to fix it with your help. But if I'm right, Lord, help the other person, help the situation, help us to be able to communicate effectively. Whatever it may be, Lord, intervene in the situation. And I believe when we do that, he'll show up and help. I truly believe that. That might sound crazy, that might sound insane, but that's faith. If we are true Christians, then the requisite for walking with walking with Christ and walking the Christian walk is to walk according to the Word of God. And walking by faith and not by sight is something we've got to do. My prayer is that this message today helps someone out there that feels like they have an arch nemesis. We've all been there. You know, I think back over my life, there are times where I felt like I've had an an arch nemesis in this world. and And I know many people can relate to that. Let me 
illustrate a little example if I can here. My wife and I were watching a TV show the other night, and there were these two individuals, that two females, that had a conflict between each other. And just to illustrate this example, let's say these two girls' names are Sally and Betty, okay? And Sally really hated Betty, but Betty could not figure out why she, she was hated so much by Sally. Betty always felt awkward being around Sally, and she could just feel it by simply being in the same room with her. Sally would use her eyes as darts and just give her that look where Betty could discern, okay, something's definitely wrong here. And eventually, Betty found out that Sally was even talking bad about her behind her back. And from Betty's perspective, she didn't know why. She didn't understand why Sally was talking about her. To the best of Betty's recollection, she had never done anything wrong to Sally. She had never said anything to Sally that she could remember to justify why Sally was so upset with her. But Betty thought maybe she needed to talk to Sally and apologize in case there was something that she was not aware of, maybe something she's done or something she said that rubbed her the wrong way. So one day, Betty decided to approach Sally, and she asked her about this obvious elephant in the room. Betty could have approached her with anger. She had a right to be angry if she, if her name was being slandered, and if you know Sally was talking bad about her behind her back, sure, she had a right to be angry about that. She could have came right out and said, why are you talking bad about me behind my back? And that would have been a reasonable response, right? And she could ask her, why do you always look at me like you want to kill me? Why do I feel that way? Why do I feel so awkward when we're in a room together? You know, she could have just came right out and just laid it all out there, but she didn't approach it that way. Instead, Betty approached the situation very genuinely and soft. As an outside looking in, I could see that that Betty was upset and concerned that Sally was so mad at her. Betty wasn't aggressive towards Sally at all. She, in my humble opinion, presented the situation very gently and soft and thoughtfully. You could tell that it was genuine, in in my opinion. So instead, she said, Sally, I noticed that things are kind of awkward when we're in the same room together. She said, is there something that I've done to make you upset with me? Is there anything that I can do to help resolve this conflict? Or am I crazy thinking these things? Am I just misinterpreting the vibe that I'm feeling when we're in the same room together? But Sally didn't respond very well to this question. She was genuinely upset that Betty would dare come to her and talk to her, really. She immediately became defensive, and she started personally attacking Betty. She basically said, I don't don't know what you want me to say. Do you want me to say, let's just be best friends or what? And Sally responded with so coldly that it took Betty by surprise. She was stunned at such a negative reaction to her, just simply wanting to know if she did something to upset Sally. She wasn't trying to advocate them being friends. She just wanted to clear the air and make things right and, and find out, you know, if there's something I've done, you know, I'm coming to you with my arms held out and saying, you know, is there something I've done that I can fix? You know, I'm sorry. I want to, you know, clear the air. I want to make sure that if I've done something to offend you, that I know so I can be better in the future. So I cannot do that thing. And so I can apologize to you as well. You see, it's hard for us to sometimes take our feelings out of the equation and look at things objectively and not subjectively. If we're not careful, we have a a tunnel vision and we only feel and see things as 
the way we feel and see them in our own minds and in our own hearts. And, you know, this is hard to do, especially if we're upset with another person, but we've got to be careful and try to look at things from an objective point of view. Going back to Betty and Sally, as the conversation continued, Betty started putting pieces together, and she found out that Sally liked the same guy that she liked. And she truly did hate her. Sally truly did hate Betty, only because that guy liked Betty instead of Sally. That was it. Betty hadn't done anything personally to her. She didn't even know Sally liked the same guy she liked. She had no idea. And this is a kind of silly juvenile illustration here, but it paints the picture that I'm trying to sell today, which is that sometimes people will hate you just because you're you. You may not have done anything specific to that person, or maybe you have, but the fact remains that some relationships will never heal. Some issues will never be resolved. Sometimes people just prefer to hate you rather than reconciling the relationship. That's just the way it is sometimes. In the world we live in today, everyone is right in their own eyes. And I challenge you today to think of things from other people's perspectives. Don't be the person that is always right in your own eyes. Whether you are in the right or not is really irrelevant. Be objective. Be empathetic. Be sympathetic. Be loving and caring. And I'm not saying that to say that we have to roll over and let people walk all over us. That's not what I'm saying. But we can respond to this type of conflict in a spirit of love. So if you're in this type of position or in this situation today, then how can you handle it? Well, prayer for the other person is always the best resolution. Spouting off in the heat of the moment will never accomplish anything. And I recognize that's easy to teach more than it is to live out. And trust me, this message today is going through me too. I by no means have mastered this and am in constant need of prayer and in constant need of help by the Holy Spirit to help me in these situations because our tongue is so dangerous. And the truth is that all of us will encounter this type of situation in our lives to varying degrees. Some may be more severe than others, but we will all experience some form of this throughout our lives. And we all need the Lord's help with this issue because it's so easy to react emotionally rather than just taking a step back, especially when we're in the heat of the moment. We all need help with this because none of us are perfect, right? So my point is today that if I could sum it all up, if you feel mischaracterized, if you feel misunderstood, if you feel disrespected, any of those feelings that that you may feel in this life that you're all alone and that you feel like everyone around you is closing in on you and you feel like maybe you're on an island all alone by yourself, nobody sees things the way you do, nobody understands things the way you do, think again, my friend, because our Lord is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the lifter of burdens, and he is the breaker of chains. He's the comforter. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren, but our Lord comforts those that are afflicted. He is for you when everyone else is against you. Psalms 91.14 says, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. My Bible says that if God be for you, who can be against you? And Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, Lord, anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This scripture teaches us to rest in his peace. The scripture that we hear so much in funerals because it teaches us to rest in his peace because he's Jehovah Shalom. He is the Prince of Peace. He brings peace to the mind when the world and things in our life can so easily bring stress. We must all learn to rest in his peace. And I believe that it is through conflict sometimes where we truly admire the comforter and the one who comforts. Sometimes when we're in our deepest valleys, that's when we realize that the Lord is really on our side. You see, we can see those things when we're on the mountaintop, but when everything's going for you, it's hard to appreciate how God is there for you when everything's not going for you. You know what I mean? So I pray that this blessed you today. I pray that this has encouraged someone out there today. We'd love to hear from you guys. We've received a lot of emails here recently. Please continue to reach out. Anything you want to share, we just love connecting with you out there. You can email us at casttheword at gmail.com. So stay strong in the faith today. I pray that this has blessed you, and I look forward to talking to you next time.